Hi, and welcome back to OA On Air, the official podcast of O'Neill & Associates. I'm Kyan Isaacson. This week on 321 Go, we're talking Trump and his tweets, Airbnb suing the city, and the loudest place in Boston, the MBTA Boylston Street Station. Then, the holiday season is upon us. Ann Murphy interviews Linda DeMarco from the Faneuil Hall Merchants Association and Jesse Miller-Bradley, producer from WBZ-TV, about Blink, the annual tree lighting show Spectacular. And in two minutes with Tom, Tom's talking about Amazon and why Boston will be more than okay after not being chosen for its new headquarters. First up, three, two, one, go. Let's talk about something important. Hello and welcome to 321 Go on OA On Air, where each week we take a brief but purposeful look at three compelling topics in the world of public affairs, business, government, culture, and the economy. I'm your host, Cosmo Macero. In this installment of 321 Go, we review this week in presidential outrages, featuring Donald Trump's wildly insensitive and factually wrong comments about the California wildfires. And... Airbnb fights back hard at the city of Boston over local ordinances the company feels are, among other things, a violation of free speech. We'll discuss. Finally, why is the MBTA so loud? Well, more specifically, the Boylston Street Green Line Station, which is apparently the loudest place in Boston, according to a recent analysis. It's all that screeching, horrible racket from the tracks. We'll talk about that and other loud stuff that bothers us. Joining me here on 321 Go is Kyan Isaacson. Hello. The official voice of OA on air. Kyan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Good to have you back. And uh, wow, we're closing in on the holiday seasons. There's a snow event predicted. It is. It's all coming together. It's cold. It's cold and I hate it. <laughs> all right, let's get started. All right, Kyan, first off, the California wildfires. So you've got a, just a, a terrible situation. Dozens of people already have been killed, um, literally hundreds of thousands um, evacuated from both northern and now southern California, um, and uh, uh, hundreds of structures destroyed, thousands, thousands more at risk, an entire community, Paradise, uh, California, entire community wiped out. The president's response, President Trump's response to this is essentially blaming the state of California. He says, incorrectly, the reason for these wildfires is because of poor forest management in California. Get your act together, words to that effect, um, uh, or else no federal funding. That's his response, uh, which which is immediately rebuked factually. That's not the reason. The reason is weather patterns, wind, dryness, uh, all the things that create wildfires. Um, and and, 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 and in addition, another situation where he has an opportunity to comfort the nation and be a source of of, of, of leadership and uh, so forth, and this is what we get. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it. Anytime there's a tragic event, unfortunately, it's always an opportunity for our president, for anyone in leadership, to step up and sort of take that on, take the brunt of of, of the pain of. Um, of finding ways to provide comfort and inspire people that things are going to be okay, we're going to take care of it. 
um, when your first tweet out the gate or even first response generally is uh, one critical and two saying, I'm not going to help take care yeah. of it. You have basically just gone directly in the opposite direction. Um, and it's a real example of, you know, we talk about what it means to tweet irresponsibly, that everything he says has gravitas to it. Yeah. But it's also why normally uh, people in public offices don't go out and make comments about things that they have not been fully briefed on and fully understand. And that's what he does. It, and it's not like, and this is a pattern, Kyan, it's not like he's saying, I, if I get my hands on that utility company that, whose transformer blew up, right, or I mean, it, it better not be some some guy with a cigarette. And a, it's not that. It's, it's state of California laying blame, right? This shouldn't have happened. Here's why, and and, and 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 he scolds the people impacted. It's a pattern, right? This the the, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. That's the, uh, that congregation wasn't protected by uh, by the leadership. They should have an armed guard they outside. Armed yes. Guard. School shootings. We ought to arm teachers. This shouldn't happen. It's, it's it's because we don't arm teachers. Laying blame. The hurricanes that devastated Puerto Rico. Oh, we couldn't get aid to them because this local government and the state and the Puerto Rican government is so messed up. Uh, it created too much red tape and bureaucracy. Blah blah blah. It is a pattern of laying blame where instead he should be a source of comfort, a source of leadership. It, you know. George Bush at uh, President Bush at 9/11 uh, is, is, is a great example. It's not the only one. No, it's not the only one. I remember Senator Kennedy, may he rest in peace, after the horrible Worcester fires about 15 years ago. A great source of comfort at that time for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, for the city of Worcester. It's what you do as a leader. Yes, that's what you do. He doesn't know about that yet. No, he doesn't. And uh, you know. Is it a case of he can't help himself or it's just this is how he thinks about these things? But, you know, it's one of those things, it's one of those features of his presidency that is absolutely um, astonishing. They need to take the phone away. The tweeting has to stop. Yeah. All right. Terrific. All right, Cayenne, Airbnb is asking a federal court to keep the city of Boston from enforcing a new ordinance that would restrict the kinds of units property owners can offer for short-term rental. city of Boston has been, uh, uh, I don't, don't want to say at war, but uh, sort of aggressively um, uh, in the face of Airbnb over um, uh, regulations in the city and how it impacts housing. The company says the ordinance the city council approved in June violates a federal statute as well as federal and state constitutions. Basically, it's it's essentially a free speech, free speech issue. Airbnb is saying, hey, you know what? We provide this platform, and these transactions are going on essentially between two different people, the property owner and, uh, and, uh, and a short-term renter. We provide the platform. You tell us we can't do this, or you tell us that we have to have very certain restrictions that can only do certain things within the city, that's basically violating our corporate free speech rights. What do you think of that argument, um, number one? And number two, doesn't it feel like this can immediately apply to other areas of the so-called sharing economy? Yes. I think it's along the ideas of these people, these organizations and companies are coming in, they're innovative, they're new, and they're just starting to put into practice what it is they want to do. And it's not just Airbnb. It's Uber, it's Lyft, it's the, a whole a whole world of, of companies that 
didn't exist years ago, so there was no policies, no nothing in place to restrict them. They come in, they enter the market, and then we sort of see how they're going to work, and then policymakers sort of take a step back and say, wait, now we have to we've got to regulate this. This can't just exist, you know, without some parameters around it. And none of the companies tend to like it, which is understandable. Nobody likes rules being put on them when they've been able to operate without them. Um, I I don't think free speech. I'm not. Free speech is, uh, I think, a little too broad. I mean, it feels like, and, 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 you know, I'm not an expert in uh, municipal law here, but it, it, it feels like the city is trying to re- is trying to regulate property owners and, and what they can and can't do in certain in certain in certain districts. So that, that strikes me as they're trying to regulate property owners and not so much this company. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. I, I don't know if this thing can. Well, Will hold up, but if <clears throat> it's it's certainly something that could be applied to other areas of this of this sharing economy. Well, there are six thousand three hundred listings for Airbnb just in Boston. That's a lot. Uh, that is a lot, and you it, it's a lot when you think about the effect that it, it's having on the fact that we have a housing shortage, particularly affordable housing shortage, and also the impact it has on our hotel industry. Yeah, no, it, it's it's true. That that's something that uh, that Mayor Walsh has zeroed in on how this is essentially pricing people out of the market just because for the owner it makes more sense to rent it by the night than it does to rent it to a family that can afford that unit so very interesting and uh, we'll see if this uh, if this expands all right cayenne boston is a lot of things i guess it's also a pretty loud city um, that's a finding from a, a study conducted by a, a joint project, the Emerson College Boston Herald Reinventing Journalism class did a pretty interesting survey looking at, uh, spent about a week looking and rec- at and recording um, different areas, different parts of the city that were known to be excessively loud. And they used a portable decibel meter. Anything above 130 decibels uh, is considered the threshold of actual physical pain. Um, so that's like you know, Black Sabbath during their encore, maybe, or or, or, or beyond, which I, w- I would uh, actually appreciate. Quite the analogy. Um, no surprise, a major culprit was the MBTA, specifically uh, the Green Line Station at Boylston Street. Uh, ear-splitting squeal and screech uh, of the brakes on the tracks that I know is audible uh, for, for, for blocks all, the, all around that area. When they take tight turns there and hit the brakes, 111 decibels. Uh, that level is considered too much at any time under the city's own noise ordinance. Uh, they had an audiologist <laughs> from Mass Eye and Ear, um, a guy named Dr. Stephen Hills, said that he's concerned T riders, uh, and I got to and I got to assume the people operating the trains too, um, you know, uh, are going to be at risk. The T riders are going to turn up their music to overcompensate. That's going to double the damage to their eardrums. The MBTA is wicked loud. Um, what? Um, what say you on this? I'm trying to think of other loud things in the city, but let's focus on this for a moment. It is apparently louder than jets at Logan Airport and louder than World Series cheering, which is really surprising on both accounts. I have stood on the tee, I can't even say how many times when that screeching happens and you kind of, everyone around stops and looks at each other and just makes that like blood curdling face of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how loud this is right now. And you just wait for it to stop. Yeah. Um, I'm not, su- so I guess I'm, I'm not that surprised. 
I mean, it's, something like a, like a sonic boom from a jet or a loud boom, or that's shocking, but it's just a quick thing that scares you. This, this is a prolonged, extended, just annoying, you know, uh, ascending building screech until you're like, I can't take it anymore. Then it stops. It's, 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 uh, it's pretty unpleasant. And it's real. I mean, they've got noise complaints, 350 noise complaints from riders um, and another two dozen or so injury claims from employees. That's, I mean, that's concrete data yeah. saying we have a problem here. Yeah, it's a lot. It, it absolutely is. You know, when I think of other things around the city of Boston you can encounter, and, and I know that, that, that this this report studied a number of different ones, but just um, if you're ever in the tunnel during some kind of a, of a you know, a, a traffic incident, incident and it becomes this this orchestra of, of, of car horns, man, that really... Echoing. Echoing in the yeah. tunnel, that's brutal. Right? Yes. That's brutal. I was going to say the airport, for the poor people, particularly in East Boston and Winthrop, who just consistently have to deal with that jet noise. That's That's got to be right up there. Apparently this is worse. Yeah. Anything else you can think of that's, uh, that, 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 that you experience? I, mean, I, 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 I think a cheering crowd is, is very loud. It's, it's not exactly unpleasant. No, I guess it depends what they're cheering. All right, then. That's going to do it for this week's edition of 321 Go. Cayenne, pleasure as always. Always a pleasure. All right, we'll see you next time. 321 Go is recorded in Studio 10A, just off the historic Tip O'Neill Room at our building in the heart of Government Center, Boston, Massachusetts. Thanks for listening. Goodbye till next time. I'm Cosmo Macera. That's all for 321 Go. Up next, an interview about Blink and the annual Faneuil Hall Christmas tree. I'm Ann Murphy, and welcome to OA On Air. We've got a great segment today, and my guests are Linda DeMarco, president of Faneuil Hall Merchants Association, and Jesse Miller-Bradley, producer at WBZ-TV. And we're talking about the holidays. Well, first, Linda, we'll talk to you. Tell us about what Blink is. A lot of people might not know, what is Blink? Yeah, it's only been around for about seven years now. Um, you know, we've always had a Christmas tree at Faneuil Hall. I think we've had one for over 30 years, um, and they've gotten bigger as the, the years have gone by. And, you know, the Merchant Association wanted to step it up. So about seven years, you know, technology got better, and trees can get lit more and dance more. So we decided to have an 80-foot tree and put thousands of lights on it and stick sound with it. And so now we have dancing lights and music and songs and it's just really a, it's a stravaganza of light and show so we really stepped it up for people we wanted to have it so we called it blink because every half hour we have um a series of uh three three songs i think six this songs year. This year. is it six, six songs because mm-hmm. i know last year we had three yeah, so we're really stepping yeah. it up more right cool yeah and uh and the the tree dances, the lights of the tree dance to the song. Oh, so we're cool. kind of excited about it uh, this year. Almost like the Bellagio. Have you ever been to Las Vegas with all oh, those yeah. lights? They and do the it sound. to the fountain. They do yeah. it to the fountain. Now we, we have our own tree. little Las Vegas, not totally, but it's it's tasteful. And I know because I've Yeah, we do there. it. Uh, the, the lights on the Christmas tree itself and the t- lights along the property oh, light wow. up as yeah. well. So the whole property participates like in it. Magic. It's very exciting. It's yeah. awesome. It's, it makes for a really special place. So there's a lot of other things happening uh, other than the tree. Uh, yeah, it's a Hall. whole holiday season. Yeah. What else um, is happening? It starts right after Thanksgiving. You know, we have the tuba 
I think this is our 30th year, Tuber Christmas. We have over 150 tubers that come and uh, play on the West End, holiday songs, um, you know, and then we also, you know, obviously everybody has Black Friday, you know, the specials and stuff, and obviously our local merchants and our, our, you know, they just have really good sales. We also have a, oh, we're going to introduce a holiday stroll this year. This will be new. That's another new thing that we're doing and uh, we're asking people to come on that weekend. I think it's December 2nd. Mm-hmm. And um, go to, uh, we have participating stores to go into the stores, have a nice stroll, get something like in the store itself, some hot chocolate or some cookies and just shop and get some discounts. But one of the big things we have is our photo contest because we have a selfie station with trees and you take a selfie of yourself enter our contest i think you have to hashtag it to blink boston hashtag blink boston and you can enter into uh winning some prizes to some shows that we have the the holiday shows in boston those are some of the prizes some four pack tickets it's really exciting so we want people to come down and participate in selfie stations take pictures by the tree walk around we also have um a lot of stuff for the kids to do. Some interactive, we have storytelling. You know, who wants, who doesn't want to hear the Grinch stole Christmas, right, during sto- story time, so. And I heard, like, you have a big Candyland tournament again. Oh, yeah, the Candyland uh, tournament. Yeah. I think that's uh, the December weekend, 15th. Uh, December 15th. Uh, kids come, Hasbro comes down, brings a lot of Candyland toys, and a lot of, uh, goes to a uh, nonprofit, pitching in for kids. So that's a real exciting thing. And we have wrapping in the rotunda. We have gift wrapping. That's really oh, big. Yes, um, I, I I'm not a rapper, but I love when someone else does don't it. Don't you? Yeah, I oh, do yeah. too. Yeah. I love that. And then I think we have a mitten tree this year. Um, come in, donate mittens or gloves, and they'll go to, um, it'll go on some something that was called the mitten tree, and it goes to some of the people who are, who, can't afford to have that stuff so oh, like that's that a wonderful thing to do um you know we want to help out as best as we can so we have a lot of exciting things going on so this is something that <clears throat> the merchants participate in and the merchants do why do the merchants um you know give back like this well it's something that we it's like a thank you for us the merchant association is uh, comprised of all the merchants at Faneuil hall uh and we're mostly local so we want to give back. Certainly, you know, people call us a tourist trap. We're, you know, we're not a tourist trap. We're a tourist destination that people want to come enjoy Quincy Market, all the different foods we have, and all the different local stops, the many, many push carts that we have. And, but we also recognize that we have a lot of locals that come, and we want to thank them. And so what we w- decided to do is to have this tree. And we wanted to have the biggest in the city. And it's actually one of the biggest in the Northeast. So, you know, we have a little competition going on with New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but we make it as big as we can and uh, have the fantastic lights. So it's really a thank you to the city, to all our customers, our regular customers, and to local customers. So that's really much. We pay for the whole thing. We do it wow. all. Such a good give back to the city. In, in your opinion, what do you think the best thing is about being a Faneuil Hall Marketplace? For the holidays. Well, it's different. It's, you know, it's the whole atmosphere is all lit up. And you can stroll through there and just enjoy the smell of the holidays, the sound of the holidays, and just the lights. And and it's really different. It's not that feeling of being in a mall. Mm -hmm. You're outside. And you can hear the street performers. 
Okay, and you can hear the beautiful, beautiful street performers we have. We have great violinists. We have piano playing. And then we have the jugglers that will entertain the kids while you want to run into the store to do some shopping. You put them in front and they get to watch a show. So it's it's the atmosphere of excitement. Something for everyone. Really. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody gets something there. It's great. It's one of my favorites. Uh, now we're going to turn into the guru of this uh, show that we're going to talk to um, Jesse. Jesse, this is the sixth year, I can't believe it, that WVZ is partnering with Fannie Hall Marketplace uh, to put on this live show. Can you tell us about this year's show? We're super, super excited about this year's show for sure. We have Bryn Cartelli of Longmeadow coming. She's 15 years old. She won The Voice last season, so we're super excited to have her. We have the Mayor's Community Gospel Choir. I met up with them a couple weeks ago. They're super excited to be involved, so that'll be a great way to start the show. Every year we partner up with the New England Patriots, so we're going to kick off the toy drive that we do with them every year, the annual drive, which is always great. Lisa Hughes, David Wade, Steve Burton, the Mayor's coming, and then, of course, we'll light up the big tree that Linda's been talking about. Wow. Yeah, I we're mean, excited. We're, you know, we're just so – we – when we wanted to step it up, yeah. we wanted to get a partner, and we went to BZ and Jesse and all the folks at BZ. They put on this great show, and at the end, we light this tree up, and BZ makes it look just so easy. They make it look so easy. So easy. And, and, and you know, Jesse, I know you, you, when you see it on TV, you're see, like, wow, it's, that's great. But what actually goes into the planning of a live show? A live show. Well, this live show, believe it or not, we start planning in the middle of the summer. So it seems a little off to be talking about Christmas in August, but we do every year. Um, and you got to find the entertainment, make sure, you know, we can fit it all into the program, everything that we want. We get to work with our good friends, Linda, and everybody else at Faneuil Hall, which is great. Coordinate with the city so that they know what we're up to. Um, the production crew couldn't do the show. The show looks so good because of all the people you don't see behind the scenes with the lights and the mics and the staging. Um, so we could not possibly do it without all of them. Well, I know that uh, in every show, there's always like an anxious moment, and you might have had a few. Uh, can you tell our listeners what the most anxious moment that you've had experienced during the show is? The most anxious moment of my entire year is when we light that tree, um, for sure. It is, I hold my breath, I'm on a phone, I'm on a headset, I'm on, and, um, and we wait for the beautiful tree to light up. But without a doubt is my most anxious moment of the because year. Because it's a timing issue here. Live you TV. Know? Uh -huh. Oh, it's live, live TV. TV. And, you know, you have that switch. Mm -hmm. And if you switch it and it doesn't go, it's Jesse. We hear. <laughs> but they do a great – oh, she's so true about the production crew. Oh. You know, you're watching it on TV and you're having a great time watching on TV. And even the folks in front of the tree, they have no idea the amount of work that goes on in the background. And the folks at WBZ are – are tremendous about doing it. It's just great to have them because you know we're we're local merchants. I mean, I sell pretzels. Yeah, you know, right. I I just step up and this, this is their thing. Oh, Linda, you put on a great party. Yeah, Come on. That's right. <laughs> but um, well, I heard we might even have some cannon snow too. Yes, you, yes, you know? we're, we're hoping to have <laughs> that. that. We're hoping Hopefully, to have the, the snow from the cannon. Can Maybe yeah, not, real not real snow, snow. on the twenty seventh. <laughs> we don't want real snow. Well, Jesse, what's the best thing about the show and how it connects with your audience? WBZ TV. It's just such a feel-good night, right? It's the beginning of the season. You've got the Christmas tree, the lights, the music. It's just such a great, great way to just personally kick off the season as somebody who loves Christmas time. But also it's just a fun venue. The tree's enormous. The tree's gorgeous. 
it's just so much fun to to have that. And then we flow right into Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on WBZ. So it's a big... A great show, it's right? It's a great Christmas night. We'll have to have that as one of the uh, books read uh, for the kids. Right. Rudolph, got to get them all set up, ready for, to watch that show. Well, Linda, how did... Our listeners get more info about what's happening at Blink and at Faneuil Hall Marketplace during the holidays. Well, you know, we're, we're into, the, into the social media. So we have uh, our website, FaneuilHallMarketplace.com. Uh, we have the Twitter handle, which is at Faneuil Hall, Instagram, at Faneuil Hall. We're constantly updating people, showing people the sounds and pictures of Faneuil Hall. We have some videos <coughs> that go up. So people can show all about that stuff. It'll well, be great. And people can obviously watch the show on November 27th at 7.30. And if you're around Faneuil Hall, come down and see the tree. It'll be there. The blink will be there till, no, I think it's going to be there till Dece- January, January 1st, January. It's right? going to go right through the new year. And you're going to have start the off with, yeah. There's so much going on. They're putting the tree up now. Yep. And then uh, the show is the oh. 27th. And we're the show on is WBZ really TV. On WBZ And we'll TV. have all the information on our website as yes, well, cbsboston.com. Can't miss it then. Yes, we're excited. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thanks to Linda and Jesse for joining us, and make sure to stop by Faneuil Hall and take a look at Blink when you get a chance this season. Now, two minutes with Tom. Welcome back to Two Minutes with Tom. It's great Tom. to be with you. Guyana, it's nice to be with you. Thanks for... OA on air. Thanks for returning. Okay. <laughs> so, Amazon did not choose Boston. I personally think that's okay. Probably looking at traffic, I'm a little relieved. I think others might feel the same way. But what do you think? I, I think a couple of things. Number one, the uh, Amazon stock, when they didn't choose Boston, the stock in Amazon went down 100 points. Can you believe that? Are you thinking direct correlation? I think it's directly caused by, <laughs> by not deciding to come to Boston. No, we what do I really think? We are the city of champions. I do think, yes, we are the city of champions. We, are, we, are, we already have a major presence here by Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to ingest twenty five to 50,000 more jobs into this city over the next three or four years, in addition to all the other growth that we're going to have, with the housing shortage that we have, that the transportation issues that we deal with daily, here and everything else that's going on in a, in a high-growth, greater Boston area. Uh, it, it may not be bad news that we weren't chosen by Amazon. It may be good news, but to take whatever apparatus was put in place by the governor and by the mayor of Boston to plan for Amazon to come here, to take those plans, frankly, and make them, make them work to our advantage going forward, I, I think there'll be a lot of opportunity and a lot of, a lot of uh, upside to it. I think it says a lot. We were on the we were on the short list at the end. How much that's relevant? Some people think you know they had already chosen their locations, but that's not for us. To oh, I think we're the high tech and nanotech populated area of of, of the of the of the globe, if not if not the entire globe. Um, and I think the attraction here between our research capability and our schools of higher education, I, I think it's a great attraction and a mm-hmm. great target place for any high tech company to come and want to be. Um, but, you know, we're, we're a population 
in Greater Boston of, of something approaching four million people, and uh, that's it, that's pretty good. And what we want to do is make sure that our growth is steady, it's planned, and organized in a way that it makes sense going forward over these next years. And doesn't have a negative impact. On it the has city. no negative yeah. impact. That's we right. Don't, we don't want to have because um, fifty thousand jobs means fifty thousand more people. And, well, and it means more than that. It means, it means <laughs> and their families. It means right? them <laughs> and their families, and that's right. And the weight that that puts on an already operating, you know, government structure mm-hmm. uh, and infrastructure, frankly, it, it's a lot. And uh, frankly, it may be a blessing in disguise that we didn't get it. There'll be enough coming in just in addition to the presence Amazon already has here. So I, I think it's all right that it's in New York and it's in Crystal City in Northern Virginia. And I, I think we're going to get some benefit from, from those two locations anyway. Yep. Well, thank you, Tom. It's always nice to be with you, Cayenne. That's it for Two Minutes with Tom. That's it for this week's episode of OA on Air. Don't forget to subscribe. You can do that on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and check us out on our own O'Neill & Associates website. We'll be taking next week off for the holiday, but we here at O'Neill & Associates wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you in two weeks.